Coming up on podcast 1528, the BMW i3 and i3s officially come to the end of the line. Stick around and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, the Rimats Nevera gets its EPA numbers, why a bank wants to tell you about electric vehicles, and the solar car that now has a factory in which to be built. Those stories and a lot more coming up on today's edition of the podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, maybe good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information on Monday 11th of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We'll start with news about the Chevy Bolt and the EUV. Production being moved back just a smidge, but it's still soon. So don't worry if you're in the market for one of those vehicles. The start of regular production for the 2023 model year, Bolt and EUV. Delayed by a little bit, GM Authority is learning. Meant to kick off on July 21st. It's now going to be July 26th, but that looks like it will be a definite date when those two vehicles go back into regular production for the 2023 model year. It's going to be made at the Lake Orion plant in Michigan, and they have all the same specs, as you may know, of the Bolt and the EUV. 65 kilowatt hour battery pack, uh, front mounted uh, electric motor, 200 horsepower. It's on the BEV or the BEV2 platform, which is not the latest, greatest thing in GM's toy box. But I'm really pleased they're carrying on making those vehicles because they are very, very solid EVs. Now, that does them a disservice. They're more than solid. They are great cars for so many buyers at the price now get it well under 30 grand with national uh, sorry with with local incentives and the recent price cut that they implemented as well which was retrospective for anybody that had bought a vehicle this year i think they'll be getting a rebate uh, coming through the post i believe and so those vehicles still remain very very compelling at a time when yes there are new things that we can be talking about but Let's be honest, if you want to get in an EV and you want it to do some decent mileage, 250 miles, and do it in a nice place, the Bolt and the Bolt EUV are really good choices. Now, a great choice over the last eight and a half years has been the BMW i3 and the i3s, and production is now officially done. I still can't find an exact day and time for this, but um, I thought it was around now. It was actually just at the end of June. So just over a week ago, I believe, 250,000 units of the i3 and the i3s were made over the last eight and a half years. They were made at the BMW plant in Leipzig in Germany, sold in 74 countries around the world, and the last of the units made in June 2022. The final 10 of them were the home run edition specs, which I told you about previously on the podcast. Uh, Those customers were invited along to see the completion of their vehicles in the assembly hall, and it's not the end of the road for what's under the skin of the i3 and the i3s. The parts of that vehicle, like the battery modules and drive units used in things like the Mini Cooper, SE, in the street scooter vans used by the German Postal Service, and even in electric motorboats as well. But in terms of going inside the i3 and the i3s, those vehicles have now come to the end of the line, which... You know, I'm not sad about I, I want to celebrate that vehicle. In fact, I want to make a special podcast on it because I, I, you know, I know people that were involved very early on uh, in that vehicle. My dad owned one at one point, uh, the Range Extender version. That was his first EV. And so I feel so happy that that vehicle did over the last almost 10 years, hopefully the job that it was meant to do for BMW. I can't help but feel that if BMW had embraced the electric future 10 years ago, there'd be... 
well, so much further along than they are at the moment and playing catch-up against the others, but still, space-age technology right the way to the end. And that is a fantastic achievement for anyone involved in the i3 project. Now, a slightly more expensive vehicle to talk about next, and that's the Rimats Nevera. Pre, uh, production will start very soon, if it hasn't already, on customer cars, but we now know that they have the uh, essentially the visa to come to the US. As Autoblog puts it, the US EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, and the California Air Resources Board certifying the Rimats Nevera hypercar, uh, or rather maybe I should say Bugatti Rimats because that is the corporation which now owns Rimats after the joint venture uh, with the Volkswagen Group owned company and the CEO Mate Rimats posting the paperwork on his Facebook page the carb paperwork shows the Croatian car uh, doing 287 miles, that's the range on the EPA, 287 miles Okay, so WLTP is 342. 342 WLTP, 287 EPA. That's about the same offset that that we see on a lot of cars. Uh, He also said that production car 002 is undergoing pre-delivery testing around their base in Zagreb. That's in Croatia, by the way. So... That sounds like that car 002 is done. Now testing it, making sure it's good uh, before it goes off to its customer, of which there will be 150 in total. And yes, all the cars are indeed sold out. Now, why would a bank want to tell you about electric vehicles and educate you? Well, it could be because... They want your details. Chase Auto is increasing consumer adoption and understanding of EVs and their underlying technology with a new EV education centre. The website that Chase Bank has launched uh, on July the 6th breaks down the differences between EVs, what's a hybrid, what's not an electric vehicle, no plug. What is an electric vehicle? Always got a plug. And fully electric vehicles and why hybrid cars uh, from Toyota uh, are really, really, really inferior to electric vehicles, if you ask me. It also offers search functionality that allows consumers to find up-to-date EV incentives by your zip code. Now, autofinancenews.net website um, says that the website outlines the differences in the types of chargers and tips to alleviate range anxiety. Chase Auto is a private label financier. So they will do the finance for things like Rivian, I believe, and Fisker. When those come cars come to the market from Fisker, it currently features a Rivian spotlight at the top of the page on Chase Bank. So it's in their interest to tell people about electric vehicles and actually maybe even get some first-party data on that to say, hey, would you like to find out more? Leave us your details. We can arrange finance for Rivians and Fiskers and I'm sure more as well. So it's a good reason to uh to for them to be banging the ev drum even if you think oh why would a why would a bank want to launch a website all about educating their consumers on evs well they do the finance for them so that's their interest now experts are helping to navigate ev purchases in a car shortage as the gas prices surge all around the US. This article from uh, KGW.com points out that gas prices in Oregon, Washington and around the country are on the way up. Many consumers are fighting to join the EV market. J.D. Power reporting earlier this year that 56% of vehicles are sold within 10 days of arriving at a dealership. The average number of days a new vehicle in a dealer's possession before being sold was now 18 days 
one year ago, 49 days. You see, there's a lower supply of electric vehicles. That results in higher prices, more competition for those vehicles. The consumer price index showing in May, new car prices were up 12.6% in the last year alone. Used car prices up 16% year on year. As of last week, the national average for a gallon of gas, $4.80, according to AAA. Now, Aptera is a company that I wish well to because they, in their second incarnation, but like a phoenix uh, rising from the flame, uh, flames, the Californian startup having another bash at making their vehicles. Uh, now, they have a factory for their solar cars. Uh, rather than uh, rolling down an assembly line with people doing everything, uh, they'll be carried from station to station by autonomous robots. Uh, they're little robot carts, says the CEO, Chris Anthony. Uh, not the traditional automotive plant that has overhead gantries that you have to install that cost millions of dollars and aren't very flexible. Uh, the approach makes it easier to make changes to the manufacturing process as they learn, as they go on, to fix snags in production. Aptera has 25,000 reservations for their solar car, each person paying a $100 deposit. Uh, they say it's going to come before the end of this year. My issue with Aptera, by the way, is they're starting to uh, do a really uh, kind of high-profile social media campaign uh, for the Tesla plug to be the national standard in the US. Now, that might be because Aptera have a deal with Tesla. It could be because, I don't know, people from Tesla, maybe Elon Musk is funding Aptera. We don't know that, right? Um, so maybe there's some investment going on there, which is uh, changing their, their, you know, or affecting their decision making. But Aptera have really, really lost it with this one because Tesla are moving away from the Tesla connector. Uh, they did it in Europe. Uh, it doesn't happen in China because they use the GBT plug. But in Europe, they moved away from the Tesla connector to CCS. And Aptera have this kind of high profile social media campaign um, targeting government officials and, and, you know, really appealing to the Tesla base to say, look, the CCS standard is terrible. Um, we're still early enough in the EV adoption to make these changes. Let's everyone in the US be using the Tesla connector. And look, the first, the fundamental flaw in their argument is that they say CCS is a terrible standard. And look, it's not perfect by any means, but it is a standard that gets worked on by hundreds of voices in the EV community, in the automotive community, from OEMs to parts suppliers to energy companies, all part of those industry organisations. But what they are advocating for, which is for every car in the US to have the Tesla connector, would be like every mobile phone in the US having the Apple Lightning connector. It's a connector owned by a company. And then occasionally I get the Tesla hardcore nutters on my Twitter saying, oh, but Elon Musk said that all of their patents were open, anyone could use them. That's not true. It's one of the most highly um, uh, misunderstood things about Tesla. They don't, they don't make their stuff open source. They said that people are free to use it until at, what, at which point Tesla can rescind it, right? So it's not truly open source, but either way. The Tesla connector is owned by one company that would be, if every car in the US had that connector, at their whim could change the standard, could change the pricing, the licensing. It's a stupid idea, and I hate the fact that I like Aptera so much for what they're doing, which really a little solar car, very interesting. But this campaign to bash CCS um, is uh, makes me worry for them. 
Like, why would they go down this route? Why are they sticking their neck out? Why are they hanging? Like, why are they kind of hanging their hat on this whole thing of CCS is terrible, Tesla's the only connector to go? Um, it's a worry because, like, a, a basic understanding of EVs, like, and any idiot can understand. That would be a stupid thing to say. And so when companies say stupid things, it makes me worry uh, because at least CCS is an open standard. So at least nobody owns it, you know, whereas if everyone used the Tesla connector in America and then Tesla overnight go, oh, now we're doing this, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. If every Android phone had to have the Apple lightning connector, that wouldn't work. So mm, I'm worried about Aptera now. I think they might be uh, might be losing a little bit with this one, but we wish them the best for their car coming on the way very soon. We'll talk about a big a find in Turkey that could be good news for electric vehicles and why. And we're looking forward to the Maserati Gricali Folgore. That's on the way. Stick around. Okay, next, let's talk about how EV demand is skyrocketing in rural America. While EV sales have been increasing in recent years, specific cities and states with skyrocketing demand for EVs may surprise you. I see cars analyzed the U.S. regions with the biggest shift in the market share for alternative fuel vehicles. They went back to 2014, and it suggests that EV demand is growing faster in the central and rural areas rather than densely populated coastal cities in the U.S. California, for instance, barely made the top 10 in terms of EV growth since 2014, which will surprise you in terms of the percentage growth, but even with really strong incentives encouraging it, whereas Mississippi's EV adoption is growing faster than any other states, admittedly from a lower base, but it's growing quickly. Hawaii ranking second for EV growth. I'll pop a link to ktla.com in the show notes. You can read that story for yourself. Turkey could be a big automotive industry player in the future, or it may not. Turkey's Minister of Energy and Natural Resources, uh, Fatir Donmez, uh, recently announcing the discovery of what they called the world's second largest rare earth element reserve. With ongoing supply chain issues uh, being hard on EV manufacturers, a discovery of any a discovery of this magnitude it could be huge news, writes CarBuzz.com. They say, according to Turkey's Energy and Natural Resources Department, the pilot phase of a new mine will be completed within a year after initial research and development conducted by various academics of discovering the second largest hall of rare earth elements outside of China. So a couple of things to say. Rare earth elements are not rare, by the way. It's a name they're given, but is misleading. But also, scientists saying, you don't just find one of these that they didn't previously know about, because the actual contents of what they found can vary massively. Well, look, Take this, for instance, uh, rare earths, according to Christopher Eccleston, a mining strategist at Holgarten and Company, telling Market Watch, large deposits uh, are not unknown, but it's all about the grade, uh, the mineralology. That's a word. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I mean, I'm sure it is a word. It's how I said it, I think. Uh, and ultimately, the percentages of heavy or light, according to their atomic weight. And magnet metals, the old adage that great uh, grade is king in mining, still holds, according to uh, Stormcrow Capital. If this Turkish discovery is huge, and it may be and it may not be, uh, but of a very, very low grade, um, it's what they call dirt, meaning the same thing to miners as it does to you and I. And so I saw a lot of coverage a lot of fevered coverage today of this story of, oh my goodness, the second biggest haul outside of China. It's going to change electric vehicles. 
hey, it may or it may not, but mm, uh, uh, maybe Turkey possibly over-egging that pudding. We'll <laughs> wait and see. Now, uh, gas prices are driving e-bike and e-scooter use, according to... A couple of those that operate in Denver, for instance, like Lyft and Lime. Lyft saw record-shattering ride totals on their e-scooters and e-bikes in Denver last month as painfully high gas prices and a busy month in the city's core anchored by uh, the Stanley Cup championship run. Uh, The big numbers, more than 308,000 riders in the month of June alone, according to Lyft, a proof... Uh, that the demand for options outside of cars is still growing in Denver, and the city needs to continue investing in infrastructure like uh, protected bike lanes, for instance. According to the GreeleyTribute.com, survey results indicate that 43% of people using Lyft's e-bikes do so for commuting purposes, according to Lyft officials. Now, let's finish off by talking about the Maserati Grecale Folgore. Wonderful. Uh, Maserati's first crossover SUV, because, of course, it's a crossover SUV. The Grecale uh, will have a petrol version, and it hits American shores in 2023. Uh, But the Grecale Folgore, aren't all their cars named after storm storms or winds that hit the region. Anyway, the Folgore um, is looking a little bit into the future, coming 2024. It's a concept still, um, but it does give us an idea of what the EV will look like. It'll come with a 400-volt architecture and a 105-kilowatt-hour battery pack. Electric range, they say, of 300 miles. That's around you know, that's about right for a brand like Maserati, which will be premium and expensive. There's an official webpage for the Grecali Folgore, um, showing that there'll be a minimum of two electric motors, uh, which I'm presuming not on the same axle. Uh, means it'll be four-wheel drive, high performance, and another name getting into EVs as we move forwards through this decade as Maserati come on board. Wonderful stuff. Right, question of the week takes a short break, but it will return. Uh, you can email me in the meantime anything you'd like to. Uh, hello at evnewsdaily.com is my personal email address. That is hello at evnewsdaily.com. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging, they're on the uh, US mainland, and then there's a Aloha Charge there in Hawaii, check them out, uh, Derek Riley, check out his EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, hi to Octopus Electric Juice, make sure you get your Electric Juice card, because you have one card, one map, one app, they bring together all of those disparate charging networks under one card, and they make public charging simple, and of course, millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five star luxury cottages in Devon, the kind of thing that you can get away, hire a cottage, enjoy a break between now and Christmas. You can book it online easily and even charge your EV while you're there. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self charging hybrid. <laughs>